Meditation 2, St. Michael the Archangel. We know his name, but do we really know who he is, what his role is for us and for France, our host country on this pilgrimage? He guided St. Joan of Arc and Charles Martel and built the mountain that bears his name where the kings of France from Charlemagne to Louis XIV came on pilgrimage. Then how did the 18th century dare to call itself the Age of Enlightenment after having destroyed France's secular devotion to St. Michael, the Archangel of Enlightenment? Mikael, three Hebrew words which mean who as God. In the Old Testament, the proper name of a person means the very being of the one who wears it. Who like God, or more commonly, who is like God, has become the proper name of the Archangel St. Michael. It is often understood as a question. This is also an affirmation because this question does not await an answer. Who is like God is Michael's response to the revolt of the most beautiful of angels, Lucifer. With this cry from his heart, the archangel proclaims the, crea the creator's supremacy and omnipotence over all of his creatures. This cry has become the rallying cry of all the faithful angels and must also be ours. But can we know more about the archangel who thus stood up against the rebel? The Bible offers us valuable information. In the book of Daniel, St. Michael is presented to us as one of the first princes, the great prince. He is also designated as the prince, that is to say, the head of the chosen people. In these passages, the prophet speaks of the angels of the guardians of the nations, and Michael is one of the most powerful, charged with watching over Israel. It was not until the New Testament that the term archangel appeared. Just as all the spirits of the nine choirs are indiscriminately called angels, so archangel means in Holy Scripture one of the main angels, one of the chiefs among the angels. The Bible therefore presents St. Michael as an angel raised in dignity and invested with an important responsibility. He is also the warrior angel, leader of the celestial armies and conqueror of Satan, according to the Apocalypse. Be that as it may, the glory of St. Michael in heaven is immense and in proportion to his humility. St. Alphonsus Liguori says that no celestial spirit has in heaven a glory equal to that of St. Michael the Archangel. Our Lord in the Gospel proclaims that whoever rises will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. This is what first happened to the angels. The demon exalted himself and was killed. St. Michael humbled himself before God who exalted him. The Lord rewarded his faithful servant by entrusting him with the command of all the celestial armies, by also entrusting him with the protection of the chosen people and therefore naturally of the church thereafter. Hence his role as protector of the faithful in the fight against evil and the care of leading them to paradise. This is what we sing in the antiphon of the Mass of the Dead. May St. Michael, the standard bearer, lead them, the faithful departed, into the holy light. These last two roles are linked because one only reaches heaven by agreeing to fight, and this brings us to the fight against the evil angels. The book of Revelation describes the battle between St. Michael and the evil angels. There was a fight in heaven. Michael and his angels were fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and its angels fought, but they could not conquer, and their very place was no longer found in heaven. And he was cast down, the great demon, the ancient serpent, who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of all the earth. He was cast down to the earth, and his angels were cast down with him. In the literal sense, it is not a question in this passage of the battle which took place at the dawn of time within the invisible creation. 
but rather of the present struggle whose stake is each of our souls. In his fury against the woman, the church, the dragon went to war against the rest of her children, those who keep the commandments of God and possess the testimony of Jesus. But the two fights are linked. The demon's fight against the church is only the extension of his revolt against God and his fight against St. Michael and the good angels. By saying to God, I will not serve, I will be like you by my own strength, Satan refused to receive from God the grace which would have elevated his nature. Satan's first sin is therefore a sin of pride. It is love proper to the pure state. He preferred his natural excellence to the supernatural bliss that God offered him. He thus became the father of lies because he knowingly denied the truth first. He became, in a fully lucid and voluntary way, the first negator of the truth, the first ideologue in history. Ideology consists in making oneself closed off to reality. The ideologue seeks to adapt reality to his ideas rather than to, rather than to adhere to reality as it is. We see this clearly today through the ideology of gender or that of marriage for all with its consequences. The difference is that most of our contemporaries are more often victims than willful ideologues. As for the devil, he is not mistaken by ignorance or by error. He decides to be wrong and to deceive others, and because he is a liar, he is a homicide. By denying life, he brings death on himself and gives death to others. The battle between the good and the bad angels, in which we take part, is not strictly speaking a pitched battle. Let us listen to Bousset. We must imagine in this fight neither arms of flesh nor material weapons, nor blood spilt, as it would be among us. It is a conflict of thoughts and feelings. The proud angel, who is called the dragon, raises the angels and says, We will be happy in ourselves, and we will be as God, following our own will. And Michael said, on the contrary, Who is like God? Who can match him? But who can doubt in this fight that the name of God does not win? What can you do, weak spirits, weak I say by your pride? What can you do against the humble army of the Lord who rallies to this word, who rallies to this word, who is like God? The weapons of Satan and the rebellious angels are pride and falsehood, as well as envy and jealousy, which are the daughters of pride. The weapons of St. Michael and the faithful angels and also ours, are humility and gentleness. Humility is being what we are in the face of God and others. So it is profoundly an attitude of truth. To be humble is to occupy all one's place, but nothing more than one's place. To be humble is to assume one's responsibilities, for example, as a father or a mother, a business manager, a doctor, a worker, a priest. Humility is therefore also an attitude of service. The good angels, although superior to us, make themselves our servants, servants of God's plan for us. Are we ready to imitate them by assuming our responsibilities as a service to render to others? Humility must be accompanied by gentleness. This virtue is the mark of strength of soul. It is indeed related to the cardinal virtue of fortitude because it tempers the passion of anger and promotes self-control. Our Lord said, blessed are the meek and not blessed are the feeble. To be gentle is to be master of yourself, your temperament, your actions, your words. The meek will inherit the earth, that is to say, their own personality, but also that of others whom they will evangelise by their meekness before inheriting the promised land, God himself. The demons in fighting us have only one goal, to cut us off from God.
No matter what sin they make us commit, they seek to extinguish in us the light of grace, to kill our lives of faith, hope and charity. The good angels, under the orders of of St. Michael, support and protect us in combat by suggesting to us thoughts, words and deeds that will make us progress in goodness by giving us a good example. St. Joan of Arc says well how she had a voice how she had a voice from God to help her to govern herself. What applies to each one of us also applies to societies and nations. We have seen that the Bible speaks of the angels appointed to guard the nations. The role of St. Michael with St. Joan of Arc is sufficiently eloquent. Joan said of her mission, it is St. Michael who returns his king to France and France to his king. But the archangel's concern for the eldest daughter of the church is much earlier as is the devotion to him. Before 506, a, Burgund a Burgundian queen had a basilica dedicated to St. Michael built in Leon. Others were to follow, and before the most illustrious, the mount which bears his name. In 708, St. Michael appeared to Bishop Aubert, asking him to dedicate a sanctuary to him on Mont, Mont Tom, which would become Mont Saint-Michel. The dedication took place on October 16, 709. In 710, King Childebert III went on a pilgrimage to honour the Archangel. Charlemagne had September 29th declared an official holiday of the Frankish Empire and developed the cult of St. Michael throughout his empire. He had him represented on all of his banners with the inscription, Patron and Prince of the Empire of Gaul. The cult was perpetuated under all the sovereigns until Louis XIV. All made a pilgrimage to Mont Saint-Michel, except during the English occupation of Normandy. Philippe Auguste had the monastery rebuilt after it was ravaged by fire, and he credited the archangel with the victory of Bouvin in 1214, and founded the Brotherhood of the Pilgrims of Saint-Michel in Paris. Saint Louis had the archangel represented on coins and erected his statue at Saint-Chapelle. Charles VII had a strong devotion to St. Michael, to whom he owed his crown, and Louis XI created the Order of St. Michael on August 1st, 1469, in Amboise. Anne of Austria consecrated the kingdom to St. Michael in 1652 to end the 17th century civil war. Unfortunately, Louis XV did not renew the consecration of France to St. Michael and did not make the pilgrimage to the Mount. Under his reign, the decline of fate and the advent of the Enlightenment accelerated. The revolution was to deny and destroy the secular devotion to France, of France to the Archangel. St. Michael told Joan of Arc that he was the protector of France. Where are we with our devotion to, this, to the Archangel? Do we invoke it daily, given that there is more than ever a great sorrow in the kingdom of France?